Three shots, four part, I just do two. One pup, pop four, birdie, woohoo. New driver, info, replace, M2, pop five, fairway, what you finna do? Think I'll try to get on into Start right, good line, good view. It drew, shoot him, McGavin. Two thumbs that's up high and two fingers pointed. The green jacket is going north of the border. Mike Weir has won the Masters. Sometimes these part three look like an island. I punch and keep it on dry land. At least I'm a try man. I up with the five and might use the trap man. I got a check man. I think a ball speed rate of that batsman and where that ball. Welcome to On the Screws podcast. This might be a confusing episode for some because we both share the same name, but uh, I got Mac Boucher. Do you go Boucher? Do you go French Canadian Boucher? Or? No, no, it's, uh, it's just Boucher. Boucher. Okay, so Mac Boucher. Uh, let me pass it over to you to Mac. Maybe uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Perfect. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so my name is Mac Boucher. Um, I grew up in Uxbridge, just north of the city here um, in Toronto. Um, started playing golf pretty late when I was about 17. Um, took a year off after high school and started working with Sean Foley down in Florida. Um, lived with a couple of Canadian tour guys down there. Um, Robbie Greenwell at the time and then Dave Markle, who knew now caddies for Michael Gliggett on the, the PGA Tour there. So um, lived with them, which was awesome. Kind of got my feet wet there right off the hop, to, or the start there. Um, so from there, I got recruited by a small NAI school in Savannah, Georgia, um, which I went to that next year. Didn't last very long. Coach and I didn't really see eye to eye that well, so I kind of decided to, to try somewhere else. So I actually ended up at a school in Michigan. Um, went to school there, played few years for their team and then graduated from there and decided to uh, take a shot at the, the pro golf. Um, did it for a few years. I was living over in Australia in the wintertime playing uh, Australasian tour. Had McKenzie tour status for a couple of seasons. Um, played a lot of the mini tour stuff around Ontario and like the northern states and U.S. Um, had wrist surgery about four years ago, which kind of derailed my playing career for the most part kind of made me give it up a little bit earlier than maybe I would have hoped. Um, and then I actually moved to New Zealand full-time in 2017, took the head teaching job at a course in Queenstown, New Zealand called Millbrook. So I was over there until COVID hit. Um, obviously when COVID hit, it was uh, sent home kind of thing, which was pretty unfortunate. So came back to Toronto last summer and then um, started teaching at a TXG. Um, and obviously the lockdown hit and went over to Dubai for a few months and now we're here. Yeah, I know. Um, so just a bit of a background with you and I, we've been uh, like, I contacted you a little over a, a year now. Um, and kind of, we said, let's set up a lesson or whatever. I'm a lefty named Mac. I figured, you know, no brainer, right? Let's, uh, let's figure out this golf game. And uh, yeah, here we are a year later, still trying, still trying to plan that lesson. So um, you, you started when you were 17, you said that's pretty incredible. So you didn't play much high school golf or anything like that? No, I played my final year in high school. I picked it up pretty quick, but I yeah. played a lot of other sports and stuff growing up. So it wasn't like a, a super difficult transition. Um, but yeah, I picked it up super late. I kind of wish I started earlier, but um, wasn't meant to be, I guess. Well, it's hard to like when we're like, I know a lot of the things that I've talked to you about trying to work out in my game are things that I've had in my game forever. And I was away from the game for an injury, kind of like yourself with your wrist. I was away for a few years uh, with a back injury. So like, I know the things that I do. I just, uh, to an extent, really, I just, I just really need to clean them up, but they're old habits, right? They're kind of like hockey player habits, 
Like I, I have a very neutral grip. I don't have like a strong grip like most hockey players, but I know I have like weak wrists at the top. And yeah, so that's something that we can clean up another time. But uh, so you, you played a little bit of pro golf and you got a few wins, I guess, right? You got, I think, five wins. Yeah, it was around five or six uh, kind of wins on the Great Lakes Tour, Mandarin Tour. Um, I won a couple kind of over in Australia, smaller ones. Um it was pretty successful for a while. Obviously, it's, it's a tough grind out there. I kind of knew I was maybe never good enough to actually make it, but it was fun taking a rip at it and kind of allowing me to see a lot of the world through golf, which was pretty cool. So Yeah, you've uh, you've traveled a lot even within the in the last uh, year or so, and you're, you're kind of going out west. You're going out west on Tuesday, right? So, um, so you said you know, you went to one uh, college before and then you ended up leaving it in CI to I with the coach. So I'm going to take a guess that you're go- you have a very, um, you have a very unique approach to the game, right? So you do things a lot differently than a lot of other people, which is why people are so attracted to your page. I think like myself, I get to see a lot of shots that, and a lot of confidence in your shots that I typically would not try on the course. So it kind of, you know, gives me an idea to try them out when I'm at the range or the practice facility. Right. So was that it was, was it that uh, you had such a unique approach to the game that way? It pretty much bang on. Yeah. So yeah. When I started working with Sean Foley. He loved that I had come from like an athletic background and picked it up quickly. And he never really tried to change what I did. I've always had a good time, like not much of an issue making good contact and like I can hit different shots and I never had an issue with that. Um, but yeah, this coach was very old school. Um, I remember we went, it was like a preseason tournament somewhere near Atlanta. Um, so our team went up and I was playing really well. We came to the 18th hole and it was like every, um, night before tournaments, he would have like pep talks with the team where we would essentially go over course strategy for the tournament the next day where we're going to, okay, we're going to hit five iron off hole 15 T because it's tight and whatever. He didn't take into account that I was the only lefty on the team. And right. I see things differently. So five iron might look good to them, but for me, a driver over the trees is probably better. Um, so yeah, we came to 18. I was playing really well. I was a few under par and he's like, okay, you're going to hit the five iron off the tee here. I'm like, no, like I'm going to hit driver. Like I can almost get to the green and like, it sets my eye perfectly. He's like, well, just know if you, if you hit driver, you're not coming to the first tournament. And I'm like, the heck's like take the five iron out, just blast straight to the goodies. Um, <laughs> I'm like, so just from that day on, it was just like, this is, this is miserable. I remember calling yeah. my parents being like, I love being down here. I love the opportunity to be in like a warmer climate where I can play all year round and like all that. But I'm like, the guys in the team were awesome, but I'm like, I don't think I can, I can't do this. So I might just go low, teed up early solo. Gotta keep the front and back at a under photo. Jaws in the face, ball doing what I say. Using that type of creativity, um, let's kind of roll into the Instagram. So what, or even social media in general. So what was it that kind of, um, you know, made you want to kind of capture that type of the game for others to watch? Yeah, so for me, like, I knew I've always been unique. Like, even when I, I was known for it when I played, like, everyone, I kind of got chirped for it lightheartedly. Like, it was yeah. always like, what are you doing? Um, so, and I'm a creative person. So I went to an art school in Savannah, Georgia. That's what I went to school for, industrial design. It was like, for me, it's, 
it's a way of kind of expressing the creativity side or the creative side of me through golf. So I honestly, the video side of it kind of just happened. I never really put much thought into it. I just started doing it and then, um, it kind of picked up steam quicker than maybe I expected. So, and then one time down in Dubai, you hit like a hundred yard slinger down in, uh, or across the water or something. Right. So yeah, that one, that one definitely helped, uh, get some eyes on my page for sure. So yeah, I think that was normal stuff for me. Like that's to people. I mean, I was reading comments on like Zyre golf and and golfers doing things. And I think ESPN posted it, like all these big things. And everyone's like, that's fake. That's fake. This guy's fake. Didn't happen. And I'm like, people that have played with me know the stupid stuff I do. Like it's, it's doesn't make sense. And you know what? Sometimes I don't pull it off. Sometimes I look like a real idiot, but I just try again. So well, that's golf, right? Like it's, yeah, like I had at that point, you know, I'd been following around your page for six months. So when I saw it, I never had that doubt in my mind, like, oh, this is a fake shot. I, I thought it was pretty incredible that you hit it, but you can also see it's like, you look like you're in a full-blown monsoon there or it was about to, about to be rolling in, right? So, so is there a couple, uh, like a couple shots over the last couple of years that you can remember that really stick out in your mind, whether or not you posted them or not, but uh, where you just thought to yourself, like, you know, can't believe I pulled that off. Yeah, so actually, probably the best, I have one that like really sticks out. It's probably still the best shot I've ever hit, considering the circumstances. So I had never played in a USGA qualifier before because um, I picked it up so late. So never did the US Junior or any of that stuff. Um, USGA used to have a tournament called the US Public Links, which was pretty much their next tournament below the USAM. It's for all the public players. So I went down to Rochester, New York. Um, I can't remember the name of the course. They used Ravenwood, Raven, Ravenwood. Um, they used to hold a web.com event there back in the day, good golf course. So I went to this qualifier. I show up, I'm using like my D3 golf bag, like from some school in Northern Michigan. Um, there's all these guys with like the big D1 schools playing. And it was like pretty much the biggest, I played in the Canadian Am and stuff, but I'd never played anything too like in the US. Um, so I got to the qualifiers, two rounds one day, just like USAM. Um, I was leading up to the morning wave. I think I shot like 70 scores were like not very low. Um, afternoon played a little bit worse. I think I shot like 73 or something. Um, got into a three, three or four for one playoff for the second spot. So there's two spots at qualifier over a hundred guys playing. Um, so there's four of us. There's a guy from Louisville, a guy from university of Florida and then another guy. And we all tied the first hole with pars. The next hole was this par five. I had about 290 on my second shot, slight upslope. All the other guys laid up and I pulled driver off deck and had like this big power slice to like 10 feet. Um, missed the putt, didn't even come close, which is a huge shocker, but I was the only guy to make birdie in the group. Actually, one of the guys in the group on his approach shot hit the pin and like went to the bunker. Um, but yeah, this, it was like, I couldn't have drawn it up any better. Like it was like the kind of one of those shots you don't hit very often. Yeah. Well, and, and that's that creative side too. Right. So I know you've posted quite a few times that you struggle with your putting. So, um, like I know it's that's freaking, like, I, the thing is, is it's tough. Cause I, vid- I try to video like one or two shot or, um, holes around. Like I don't want to just vid- have my phone with the whole time. I do like to concentrate and play proper golf. Um, so I whip my phone out only twice, twice around. And, uh, chances are like you're not going to make every 10 footer you look at so yeah, of course. it's hard because i i like to keep it as authentic as possible i'm not going to be that guy that's 
kind of just posting me making birdies in every hole. I make a lot, I post a lot of pars because like typically I video the holes that set my eye well and kind of, you know, I'm the first to admit that. So, um, well, of course too, like you, you don't want to like, like myself, I tune into your page to kind of learn like a, like a lot of us do. We're not just there to, you know, I guess just be negative on the post or whatever. There's, you know, if you have 10,000 fans or, you know, people following your page, there's going to be a lot of us there that are there to try and learn some things from your swing. Like you said, you're, you're so unique, right? So, um, like I, I just thought about, so we're in Ontario. Anybody might be listening, uh, you know, anywhere else, but, uh, we're in Ontario. So we're not golfing here right now, which I had a friend of mine down, uh, down in the States. Couldn't believe that. He thought, uh, like it's absolutely crazy. So just ludicrous. But, uh, I was walking up the first fairway when I guess Doug Ford had made his announcement. We weren't golfing anymore. I got a text or whatever it was that we weren't. So I tried to video a couple holes and like my phone was already half dead. I worked that day. So, um, got to the course and videoed a couple and I had three straight holes where I had, I think I had birdie putts on all, or no, I, um, I had a wedge shot on, uh, I had a bad pull, which I didn't get recorded. And then I had two birdie putts. So it was kind of like, I don't know. That doesn't always happen. Like it was pretty lucky. I didn't make any of them, but, uh, yeah. then I, you know, I get to like the next hole, which is the easiest hole on the course. And I hit like a 40 yard pull and then, uh, ended up making bogey on like the easiest par five. It's like a 485 yard par five or something like that. So I just thought, you know, this is typical of kind of how this, uh, how this would work, but I don't know. You probably wouldn't want to post those ones because people just wouldn't come back. Right. I understand well, that. It's just like, I'll post the bad ones. Like the one I posted the other day where I was, I went and played that tournament in Quebec, like a couple of or just before <laughs> it would have been last September. Um, I was, it was just one for fun. It was the ECPT, so East Coast yeah. Tours, like Tour Championship. I fly or I drive out there. Hadn't played a tournament in a couple of years, like pretty nervous and played pretty well the first round. I think I was like almost leading the tournament in birdies. Like, that's not. And then the second round, I had like a chance to get into the money and just bashed it off a couple of trees at the end there. And that's golf. Like, it happens. But yeah. I'm not going to post like a bogey. Like, no one needs to see me hitting in the rough and hitting a mediocre iron shot and misses the green and a, a mediocre chip. Like, I get that a lot with people saying you need to post like more bad holes. And I'm like, it doesn't, that's not really useful for anyone. There's enough bad golf around anyways. We don't of course. Yeah. Yeah. Come watch, come watch my page. Um, I like the, I think you had a hashtag like powered by steel or something like that at the end. Cause it, it just chunked, it just clanked off a few, a uh, few trees. It was, it was pretty good. So anybody go check that one out. Cause, uh, I like that. And you know, mixing those in the odd timer are, are good. Right. So I think you made a seven on like a par four. So I guess you didn't make the money on that one. No, no, I was, uh, didn't even come close to the honest. Posting them drivers, you name a shot and you know that I got it. I thought what Trace on it, so they watch it. The judge is to keep a hit and not get rocky. I am the realer. Maybe tell us a little bit about the courses, uh, down in New Zealand. I would love to travel to New Zealand. My wife and I are big travelers. So whenever we can, we would love to get down there. Um, that's definitely on our list. We went to Iceland. It was kind of, uh, New Zealand or Iceland. And we, we did our honeymoon in Iceland, which was awesome, but not much golf there at all. Right. So, but, uh, maybe tell us a little bit about some of the courses there or in Dubai as well. Yeah. So I'll start actually in Australia because I spent a lot of time. The, the one positive to come from me going to school in Georgia was a guy on my team was from Melbourne, just outside Melbourne. So perfect. When I finished school and decided to turn pro and went to Australasian Q school, I'm like, 
went over there, I started living with this, um, this guy in Australia. So I go, I spent five Canadian winters over in Australia before. So every winter I would go for five months and just hang out in Australia. Um, his family was like, or kind of, I played a ton at like, uh, Royal Melbourne, Kingston Heath, um, all the sand belt courses in Melbourne, which was like unbelievable. So that was pretty cool. And then I started going to, um, New Zealand to, to play some events over there and kind of just fell in love with the courses there. So, I mean, there's a few kind of really well-known ones, the, um, like the ones on the North Island there, like Kate Kidnappers, Kerry Cliffs. Um, there's a new one, Terry Eady, that's in Auckland. That's apparently unbelievable. I haven't had a chance to play that one yet. Um, South Island where I was, it's a lot more like, it's kind of like British Columbia, I guess. It's a lot more mountains and lakes and stuff, but still unbelievable. So I taught at a course called Millbrook, which is like a five-star resort. Um, they held the New Zealand to open there. So it's, it's a really good layout. Um, and just like an awesome place to, to hang out. Like it's really enjoyable to kind of go out after work and after teaching all day and just play nine holes. Cause no one was ever there. Like it was, it was extremely good. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Dubai, I'd been to Dubai before, but I actually never golf. Um, so I didn't really know what to expect. I know, uh, I know a couple that live there, a Canadian couple, they've been there for seven years. Alex Riggs, who's got a pretty big following on Instagram. He's a pretty well-known guy. Um, and his wife, Claudine Fong. So she, they've been living there for seven years. So I kind of messaged them when I decided that I was going to go. And they're like, we should definitely come over. Like COVID situation is pretty under control here. Golf's great. The weather's good. So um, I kind of took a flyer on it. And Rebecca Lee Bentham and I went over together because she was looking for somewhere to train. And we wanted to train together. So we kind of went over and took a flyer on it. And it, uh, a month turned into three months because we, we enjoyed it so much. Yeah, like the courses looked amazing. They have a lot of night golf too, right? So you have it's such yeah. an impressive city to look at, and like the backdrop on some of those shots just looked. Uh, it was really cool, really cool. Yeah, I, uh, something on the bucket list that I, I've always wanted to do. Like I played night golf before, but never with that kind of background. So yeah, not at that. Cool. Like I, I've seen a lot of night, like not a lot of night golf uh, posts and whatnot, but none of them looked anything even remotely like the like in, being in Dubai, right? So well, it's cool because it's like a championship golf course. Like it's yeah. like par seventy two, like full layout golf course under floodlights, where you're surrounded by this insane city that doesn't even look real. So it was pretty wild. Yeah, it almost looks like a, like a comic or something in the background, right? It's a uh, it's pretty amazing. But um, I saw a few weeks ago you had posted that. Uh, it was kind of right around the WC match play that you had posted with, or you had uh, carried the bag for Victor Perez. So is yeah. that something you've done a lot? Like have you caddied a lot? No. So actually I have two caddying stories. So that one was kind of random. I was living in Australia, New Zealand at the time. And um, so Victor Perez's um, agent and kind of manager is a Canadian guy from um, Toronto. His name's Joe Suchet. So Joe, actually his assistant at the time, Brandon Barrick that I used to play professionally with. He, he's a really good player. He's working for the European tour for a while. He reached out to me and was like, um, the Perth super sex event is in Perth next week. And we have a guy that needs a caddy. Are you able like, you're on that side of the world. Are you able to go over there and caddy for him? And I was like, I don't know if I could take a work a week off work and make that work, but I ended up being able to do it. So they flew me over to Perth. Um, and this is when Victor was brand new to the European tour. Like this would have been one of his first starts out there. Um, so I looped for him. He didn't play overly well that week, but I could tell, like, I remember messaging the guys, like Joe and, and Brandon after I was like, he's going to, like, he will be top 50 in the world. After yeah. watching him play, like, 
he will be top 50 in the world in a couple of years. And sure enough, like he is, he's just so disciplined. Like yeah. that guy's got, and he's extremely hardworking. Like I've never seen that type of like, like his borderline, like OCD, like how like to a T he has everything complete opposite to me. Like I'm the worst caddy ever for him. Like the you know, worst caddy ever. So if he's like Mac, what would you do here? And you're like, I, I don't know, man. I'd hit like a 75 yard slinger like over the tr- yeah. over around this tree or something. Like, yeah. yeah. By the, after the first practice round, you kind of knew like where my head was at. Like, we got along really well. We were like, yeah, shooting the shit, and having a good time together. But it was definitely uh, <laughs> two complete opposites. Yeah. What a player now, though. Like he's he's turned in. Like he's probably a top five young player in the game right now. Like I think he's, I think he's in the top 30 in the official world golf rankings too. So yeah, he would be after that match play. Yeah. And then um, it was pretty funny because I think 2019, I'm good friends with Richard Jung, Canadian guy lives in Japan, plays uh, Japanese tour, played team Canada, really good player. Um, He got sponsor exemption into the Canadian open at Hamilton 2019. So he messages me from, korea and was like can you uh i just got a sponsor exemption should i play and i'm like what do you mean should you play like yeah, playing on japanese tour like smart not get over here and he's like well like it's gonna cost me a lot of money i'm gonna have to uh uh pay like a, a fine for withdrawing after the deadline because it's a japanese tour major and then i have to pay for flight and all sorts of stuff it's like i don't think i can afford it so i literally started cold calling companies to get him sponsors to get him over here got his bag all logoed up with like a, he looked like a like a hockey boards, like it was just like logos <laughs> like a European there. hockey player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally everywhere. And then, um, like got him a deal with Adidas for the week. So, um, Philippe Black over at Adidas got him like a bunch of shirts and I had logos here and here. It was just like yeah. it was littered in logos. Um, so I kind for him, that was really cool. He was, uh, relatively unknown by most Canadians cause he's been living over there for most of his pro career. Um, he ended up making the cut by a few um but it was it was pretty cool experience we played i think on the saturday he was paired right in between dustin johnson and brooks kapka like in pairing right in between right um so the crowds were nuts and it was uh richard's like this he's pretty tiny but just built he's built differently he led i think rory played that year but he led the uh he was leading the tournament and driving distance after the first two rounds was crazy yeah that's impressive i've walked hamilton too it's a pretty nice course i i was at like a pro-am there one time like but that was i think that was back in 2009 actually so but uh yeah that's that's a pretty cool story so you think you'll ever do it again you'll ever try it again or no i'm not a fan of it no i just can't take it seriously like i just don't like they're like what's actually it like we got paired with michael bliggett who i'm like good buddies with and um dave markle for the first two rounds and like we were on this par three on the Friday and Richard's like, what's the wind doing? And I literally didn't have a clue or didn't want to give him the wrong answer. So I like tapped Marple and I was like, Mark, what's the wind doing? So he like etches something in his book and like shows me and it's something that's not even relevant. To <laughs> Just a stick but, figure or something. Yeah. I, like It was cool being like amongst it. Yeah. Like, I'm not like a, I like walking by Rory in the range. It doesn't really like, I'm not like a fanboy, but like, it was just kind of a cool experience to get in there with them and kind of watch how real golf's played. So what, what's the, like when you're on, when you're on the inside of the ropes there, like what's the thing that you know, if I'm putting you on the spot here, but what do you notice is the difference from playing on like, you know, some of the mini tour events and stuff that you have to a PGA tour event? So honestly, like the Thursday, Friday, when like Richard Jones playing with like a couple 
like I, he was playing with Michael and I guess we were our third were but there's not a lot of people watching so it didn't feel right. that intense it was kind of like I mean I think it made it a little different because they knew each other there so it was kind of buddy buddy it's not like you're just playing with like a really good player well known player you're playing with like a buddy that's playing on the PJ Tour so I think that calmed everything like yeah. like it's been out there so it was it was kind of a it was definitely more relaxed, but then the weekend, it was like completely different. Like when there was people in that first tee, like I was nervous. I don't really feel nerves that often. Like I was nervous for him when he was teeing off. Cause like it was layers of people. Like it was, yeah. it was pretty cool. Yeah. We had, um, like Ryan Gregnell on last week and, uh, like he's a 2020 Canadian long drive champ. And, uh, I think he got as high as, uh, like he had a ninth place finish in, uh, the world long drive in 2019. So he was saying the same thing. It was kind of cool when he was there, there was a lot of music and stuff. It was pretty relaxed. And then you get to the TV round and it's, uh, it's just quiet. Like you can hear a pin drop and like all the lights come on, cameras are on, like they're calling you up right as soon as a commercial's done and like it's your time to go. So I imagine it would be, you know, something similar to that where it's just, I don't know, a bit of a different atmosphere on the weekend, right? Especially if you got DJ on one side and then Rory on the other. That's uh there's a lot of fans watching those because it was 2019. So one of those two guys would have won it. They were 2008. He won that year. So yeah. He was in the group later on, but he's playing between Brooks and Dustin. And I'm pretty sure like, at that time, like that was when Brooks was winning all the majors and like, yeah. it was kind of like those two were like the two big guys that everyone wanted to watch. So yeah. like that first tee, like the first hole even, like all the way down to green, it was just laced with people. So. Check on my car for the scope. See that I'm fresh through the low. Go ahead and count out the birdies so far. It's three in a row. 24 to the hole, no hybrid behind, I pull as a vote. They say that you drive for the show. They say that you puff for the dough. Remember, I used you hunters. So you started up the Lefty Gang. You can tell us a little bit about that. What's the Lefty Gang? Yeah, so it was funny because I it kind of came to fruition, like, I would say, right when I got to Dubai and started getting a bit of a following, like, I would always get people messaging me all the time, being like, oh, Lefty Gang. Like, it was like a thing. So I kind of, like, started thinking. I'm like, I've always wanted to start something just to, again, use my creative side, design, like, like hats and all that kind of stuff. So right. um, I went into the Instagram, like checked to see if it was taken like lefty golf gang and then lefty Dan golf. Um, they were both open still. So I'm like, I'll just scoop these up just as like an idea. And then I kind of like started kind of just designing little things and stuff. So that's kind of something once I start working again, and once like I get back at it, at it, like with teaching, I'm going to really start pushing that and get some stuff made and really start, I have a lot of people that have reached out saying I want to buy some stuff. And I think it's a big community that honestly in Canada, like on a yeah. range, you'll see a bunch of lefties. But when I go to like Dubai or I go to New Zealand, like there's not a lot of lefties, but there are some yeah. that feel very, very forgotten most of the time. So it's, um, that's probably been the most rewarding thing from like growing a bit of a following is like having all these left-handed players around the world that a, can't find a left-handed coach and want a left-handed instructor that helps them. So like teaching a lot of virtual lessons with lefties around the world. Um, it's allowed me to meet a lot of these like people that I probably wouldn't have met before. So it's, it's kind of a community and like, I know there's other groups out there, but I think if I can, it's something I want to build up more for sure. Yeah, I know. Uh, like I'm definitely part of it. So write me down, put a, put me down for a shirt, a glove, a hat, whatever it is. And I'll, uh, I'll definitely support that. Cause like, like you said, it's, it's something that for me, it's a lot easier to not have to translate, you know, 
do this with your right foot or do this with your left foot. We've talked about that in the past, right? So, um, but as you were saying, lefty gang, I, I was just thinking we have, um, like at the beginning of the, each podcast, we have, uh, an intro from Roy Blackeroy. I don't know if you follow him, but he's like a golf rapper. So he has, okay. yeah, yeah. He's got a lot of like really cool music. If, if you've probably heard it, um, whether or not you know it, but, uh, he's got like the twirl gang, right? So he made an actual song from that and twirl gang, twirl gang. I know we got to leave game to watch here in a few minutes, but uh, yeah, I got to know, are you going to the moon? Going to this one. So I was, um, again, building this thing. When people follow you, like I don't normally click people. Like I was getting a lot of followers, 100 followers a day and I was kind of, yeah. getting overwhelming so I wasn't able to like go through and see who's following me so then I got just about kind of when I got home from Dubai I started getting all these weird messages from people um saying like can you connect me with this this guy and I was like I don't know who you're talking about like I don't know like who is he and he's like oh he follows you on Instagram and I was like okay that's weird so I clicked his profile I'm like oh like I've been helping that guy with his golf swing like we've been he's messaged me a few times but I never clicked his profile he's just like this Japanese guy that he's a left-handed Japanese player and he messaged me asking for some advice and we kind of sh- shot some videos back and forth to- together. And, and then, um, he randomly messaged me like a couple weeks after that, all the, after all these people were like, um, asking if I can connect them. And, um, he's like, have you applied to go to the moon yet? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, I'm running like this thing with Elon Musk. And like, um, I think you'd be a really good candidate. So, I'm like, I don't like, I'll take a look at it. Like never thought about it. Yeah. Um, so I, I applied, made it through the first round, made it through the second round. I'm like into like the third round of applications now. God knows. Well, I'm sure it won't happen. They're only picking eight people. There's millions of applications, but I mean, the guy who's running the expedition is the one who messaged me telling me to do it. So I guess that's a good end. Yeah. So is it just like a, it's just something where you can like pay to, do you like no, it? So pay. So that's the thing. So he's, yeah. a, he's a billionaire. But he's one of the richest men in um, in Japan, and he's teamed up with like SpaceX, Elon Musk, um, to essentially send. It's the first civilian moon landing ever, and it's completely funded. So you don't. It's near, like wow. I don't have to pay. Like it's it's completely funded. Like they just send everything. It's happening in 2023. So. It's going to be a big deal. Like it's not hasn't hit like mainstream media yet. I don't think. But yeah. When it does, like I think it's actually like a. It'll be a big thing. Like, it'll be like when that spaceship got sent to the moon back in the day. Like when everyone and their mother was watching. Like it's going to be something like that. I've heard. Like, yeah, we got to get you there with a golf club in hand and like. Yeah, yeah. yeah that would be uh, that'd be pretty wild. That's that's pretty cool. I know. Like I'm I'm fascinated by Elon Musk. Like I think that the uh, the stuff that he does is just absolutely incredible. Like I'm waiting for a cyber truck so hopefully uh like i'm i, I got one on pre-order so hopefully uh hopefully those will come in someday so that's pretty cool i uh oh man that'd be pretty wild i gotta follow that you'll have to post some updates if you if you end up yeah, going well, through like I, I can't, again I, it's like so far-fetched yeah you should yeah you should just wake up every morning and just be like hey man can i help you with your golf swing today like i, I want to get to the moon right so, so random. he's got like 
one it's got like over a million followers and um he follows like 300 people and then like i clicked one day and i'm like yeah he's following me like yeah tiger woods and like phil mickelson (laughs) (laughs) no that's cool man that's that's a pretty cool story i'm gonna have to follow along and we'll have to get you back for an update on that because that is pretty wild but uh yeah again we got a leaf game coming up you're heading out west in a couple days so we're recording this a little bit earlier and um you're going out to play some golf because we're in shutdown. So where are you headed? I know, uh, actually, I saw that you posted earlier today. Um, I follow one of the guys that uh, you're going out to play some matches with. So what are you expecting for the next uh, few weeks out there? Yeah, so it was, um, obviously we went to lockdown here. I'm like a month. I, like I have a place I can go hit balls. Like I've been going over to a farm and family friend of ours is uh, allowed me to go up and just practice and stuff there, which has been great. But I'm Yeah, like, you I'm got the best ball retriever possible, man. Best ball retriever you can get out there. Hundred percent. So, um, I mean, I was at BC about a month ago, and it was like perfect. So I'm like, I'll just go back out. So I quickly booked a flight, and then there's all these like restrictions coming up in BC now. So I've been a little worried that's going to get canned, but I think I'm good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, James Rasmussen. So he's a uh, he's kind of the one that actually got me into like making these vids. Like I started following him before I had any followers, and he was putting music with his videos and like. He's a really good player. Blake Canadian Tour, like he's he's awesome, really good swing. So then I started kind of doing that, and we kind of just became like buddy buddy over uh, Instagram, which has been pretty cool. So he, uh, I, I reached out to him and said that I'm going to be out that way, and we're going to set up a couple matches. And we're thinking of uh, doing like an 18 hole match where we video every hole. I upload the evens, he uploads the odds. Okay. So yeah. Follow both of us. So I'll do like the first hole on a Tuesday. He'll do the second hole on a Wednesday, and it'll be like 18 days of him and I alternating this match. I mean, he'll probably dust me in about 10, 10 <laughs> holes, but it, uh, it'll be fun regardless. Like, it, it's, uh, so that'll be a good time. Sure. So you met him through Instagram? You didn't know him before? I knew of him just from golf, like yeah. the golf community, obviously, but I'd never talked to him, didn't know who he was. So that was strictly Instagram, which is, I mean, that's not cool thing about it. that's cool man yeah social media is not evil right so uh that's that's pretty wild so yeah, um like we live in a like canada is a massive country right so going out there the weather will be you know quite a bit different i'm sure than it is here right now we've gotten snow within the last couple of days so hopefully you're you're able is that out on the island so he's in vancouver so i'm going into island on okay I land on the 27th i'm gonna go out to the island that day um, hang out there for a couple of weeks and then come back to the, the mainland there and play with them probably second week in May kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of, I'm just winging it. To be honest. And then just kind of see if things reopen here. Cause I know you're yeah, up at like, uh, Muskoka Bay, right? Flight booked, but, um, yeah, yeah. I have to come back and I'll come back. Like it, obviously when Muskoka Bay opens up, I don't really want to leave them high and dry. So yeah. I'll, uh, I'll get back and get back at it. So what are you hoping to do uh, at Muskoka Bay when you get back? What's uh, what's the plan for you there? So, it, I mean, the opportunity kind of randomly came about up there, and I, I didn't – I was just going to teach TXG. So when that came up, they, they're pretty much giving me free reign to do whatever I want, just strictly teaching. I can do some fitting. I can do kind of whatever I want, um, do clinics and all that kind of stuff. So I don't really know what to expect. I don't really know what the clientele is like up there. It's um, – I mean, with the golf industry the way it is and people going to their cottages, I actually think it's going to be quite busy up there. Right. Um, plus, they just opened a hotel at the resort that is massive. So it's it'll have a lot of people around. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there to kind of, not just for like good players, but a lot of like beginners and stuff, which will be which will be cool to kind of grow. So I don't really know what to expect. I'm just going to kind of go in there and 
do as much as I can. All right, Mac. Well, warm up starting here, so let us know uh, for anybody who might be listening who doesn't know where to reach you. Where uh, where can we get a hold of you if anybody's looking to book lessons? Are you doing anything online right now? Um, but yeah, how do they get a hold of you? Probably the best place is DM me on Instagram. There, um, I've been helping because I haven't really built much of an online teaching yet. I've been just doing a lot of it just on my own time. I don't charge anything for it. I'm happy to help people. So um, if anyone does want to send a vid through or anything, they can they can go for it. I typically get back and relatively quick on that. And I long term definitely is going to be more virtual lessons and that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, Mac. I really appreciate it. I know you're uh, getting ready to head out west, and and uh, it's kind of a busy busy time for you right now. So I, I appreciate you taking some time. Mac Boucher Golf, uh, go over. We all got something to learn. So and uh, yeah, check out some of the videos and and uh, appreciate all the content that you're putting out for us, Mac. Awesome. Thanks for having me. But dog, I ain't blinking, ain't flinching. I'm holding my pose and I'm twirling my sticks. Go ahead and send me that picture. I'm holding my fingers. Knock it within a couple of inches. I hit the green and regulation. Get pissed.